With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome into another edition of the Rocky Top Talk podcast. I am your host, Terry Lambert, joined by a new co-host tonight. I gave Evan Winter the night off and, uh, you know, picked up Clint Island along the way. He's uh, You've probably seen his work on RockyTopTalk.com. A lot of outstanding uh, recruiting stuff. So, uh, Clint, thanks for joining us tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Glad to be here. First time, first time a podcaster. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, hopefully not the last. So, uh, interesting day to 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 join up. Uh, got some good news. Got a little bit of bad news uh, to talk about today. Uh, before we dive into that, we're, we're going to remind you that we write for RockyTopTalk.com, uh, part of the SB Nation umbrella of team sites for all the latest news and information head on over over there uh game week you know got a lot of awesome content up this week uh, a lot of discussion in the comments section so if you haven't joined uh now's a great time to do it uh mentioned some of that good news we'll start off with that first uh first and foremost trey smith cleared to play after battling with blood clots uh his second stint uh, being shut down with blood clots, fights all the way back once again. Uh, now it's game week. We've got the opener on Saturday against Georgia State. Uh, Trey Smith is going to be a part of this offensive line. Whether or not he starts, we'll have to see. Kind of sounded like they were going to take it slow and, and, and ease him into things, but there's no denying what Trey Smith brings to this offensive line. Mm-hmm, totally. Uh, th- this is what we talked about when we said the best case scenario for Tennessee's offensive line. You get those freshmen out there, you know, we got Wanya Morris, <clears throat> left tackle, and then we talked about Trey Smith being one of the interior guys, which is where he, he naturally is, and that's where he uh, looks the best, at least, and looked the best in 2017 as well. Uh, I, I think if he's healthy, he's an immediate starter, and obviously he's cleared for Georgia State. Um, I, I got to say, if you read that press, whatever they released, the statement... It sounded like it would be a game-to-game thing, right? And I think that's um, I think that's just gonna have the, how they're gonna approach it the whole season because his condition's pretty serious, and um, so I wouldn't say that you know he's cleared for the whole season. That's definitely not a conclusion we want to jump to. But in terms of what he brings to the offensive line, he brings you probably your best chance at getting some sort of massive improvement from that line. Yeah, he's he's as as big of an impact player at the guard position as you can get. You know, I'd say you go back to 2017 and the things he did to Georgia Tech right off the bat. You know, just blowing <laughs> blowing people up. Uh, his first snaps playing college football um, kicks out to left tackle last year. Uh, results were were not great to be honest, but you know, you're dealing with some rust there. You're going to deal with some rust here. Uh, you're talking about a guy that hasn't been on the practice field doing contact drills uh, in several months. You know, he, he was out there in the spring, out there in the fall, but very limited by way of contact. So it's going to be interesting to see how much he plays. It's going to be interesting to see how good he is. 
probably not wise to expect him to return to that 2017 form, but hopefully that's something we get to see down the road because, uh, man, that was a uh, that was a whole lot of fun to watch. And you know, you look at this offensive line. If you get any any sort of semblance of what Trey Smith was, um, that's pretty exciting. Uh, and, and for a team that's going to want to run the football uh, with with Ty Chandler, with Eric Gray, Jeremy Banks, you know Tim Jordan, um, all these these this stable of backs, it, it's a pretty exciting time. So hopefully uh, hopefully we get to see the best of Trey Smith uh, going forward. More good news yesterday. Aubrey Solomon um, finally cleared. He declared that he's going to Tennessee back in December, mm-hmm. uh, and it took till game week <laughs> to get cleared. But you know, uh, whatever, it, it's done. Uh, he's ready to go. And, and after the the injury to Emmett Gooden, uh, this was news that Tennessee had to have. And with Michigan transfers especially, there's been this whole right. I don't there's know a about pattern there. theories. Right, right. <laughs> if you've noticed, our last few have now been approved. So maybe somebody got to Harbaugh or whatever. Maybe that was just a a fan rumbling regardless. But with Solomon especially, he was one of the high-profile transfers. I mean, there really weren't that many five-stars who entered the transfer portal. You had Fields. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Martell was actually a five-star. I thought it was fourth. But, um, and then Aubrey Solomon was one of those. Uh, he's kind of like Trey Smith, really. He's an immediate starter. We've seen flashes of what he did at Michigan. Uh, it, in terms of what he brings to the defense, you're going to see a bit of a change because Michigan tried him out as nose tackle a few times, and I that just makes no sense to me. If you look at what he brings to the table, nose tackle just seems like you're, uh, you're trying to put a whatever square peg in a round hole or whatever yeah. uh, in Tennessee's defense, he's going to be one of those three, four, three techs. And uh, I, I really think that he's, he's an immediate starter in terms of pass rush. Not sure how good he's going to be with that, but in terms of stopping the run, which is something that the team struggled with last year, he's an immediate upgrade over Kyle Phillips over Alexis. Uh, was it Alexis Johnson last year? Alexis. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's an immediate upgrade over them. And so uh, Solomon getting cleared, I mean, that could legitimately be the difference between a 7-5 and five season and an 8-4 and four season. Yeah. As a high-level starter. And, and you look at that, I think you make a good point. Kyle Phillips started on that defensive line in that 3-4 end role. Uh, you know, you normally see those guys somewhere between 290 and 300. Kyle Phillips was maybe 270, and, and that's probably generous. Uh, mm. You know, he's a 4-3 edge pass rusher. I, I think it's what you've seen him play with the Jets in, in this preseason. Uh, so he was he was definitely playing out of position. Now, Tennessee has gotten a lot bigger on this defensive line, but I touched on it earlier. Losing Emmett Gooden was, you know, just the, the only touch of experience you had. Now you get Aubrey Solomon back. He's got, what, 10, 10, somewhere between 10 to 15 games of playing experience at, at Michigan. Like you said, though, a little different position there but the guys are, are around Solomon are pretty interesting and we don't know much about any of them I mean to be honest it, it's Greg Emerson who's coming back from that just devastating injury uh, that he suffered at the opening uh, we'll see how he is I don't know what to expect there and then after that you've got guys like Savion Williams uh, Elijah Simmons uh, Daryl Middleton Kurt Garland 
so a, a lot of unknown there. But what Tennessee does have up front, uh, finally, is, is size. So I'm interested to see how Pruitt and Ansley uh, utilize that size. And it might be indicative that in this past recruiting class, they went after a lot of JUCO options. You know, guys like Savion Williamson, who I'm actually pretty high on, and Daryl Middleton, like you mentioned, uh, that probably indicates maybe not that they're not confident in the guys on roster, but maybe uh, those guys aren't necessarily ready. I mean, you mentioned Greg Emerson. He's legitimately lost two years of practice because of his knee injury. So he he's probably going to be a guy that, again, further down the road you get a contribution from. Uh, and that's kind of what it looks like right now. I think Prue did a really good job of getting those maybe – not as experienced players, but D1 ready players in this class. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. And Emerson's a guy that's what put on 30 pounds since he's been mm-hmm. here. I mean, he was like 270 when he committed. He's up over 300 now. So um, a lot of unknown on that defensive front. But uh, you know, kind of like you were you were hinting at there, they weren't very good last year. Uh, so, you know, I, I think they've got room to improve. So I, I just think that added size will be a big deal. Um, now for a little bit of bad news. Um, the Bryce Thompson situation, uh, if you haven't heard by now, I'm sure you have. Uh, got into a little bit of a situation on, on Saturday night on campus uh, with his longtime girlfriend reportedly together for four years. Um no physical altercation from from the reports that we've read, uh, but definitely got into a little bit of a shouting match. Um, the issue here is he's got witnesses saying that he threatened to shoot up the school, um, which is tough. You know, I, I, that's that's hard to defend. Nobody nobody here is going to defend it. Um, but you know that that's kind of the information we have right now. Tennessee is dealing with it. Pruitt's not going to comment any more than he has, which was a very generic, I'm not going to tell you any information. Uh, I don't have any information to tell you. Uh, And then you've got the report out now uh, from the Knoxville News Sentinel that this may have not been the first time uh, that he was in a a verbal altercation with with this girl. So uh, it dates all the way back to high school, and you start to understand how this kid lasted on the board. Uh, until May, uh, you know, if you remember right, he was a post-signing day signing for Tennessee. Um, I, I think you can tell us a little more about that. Right. So the deal with Bryce Thompson, late in the cycle, for whatever reason, South Carolina started to have a lot of doubts as to uh, if he was a good culture fit, uh, if he would stay out of trouble. And Thompson's from Dutch Fork, I believe. He played at Dutch Fork, wherever that is, in South Carolina. And long story short, South Carolina told him, you know, we're, we're not going to take your commitment anymore. We just uh, we don't feel, feel comfortable with it. Tennessee was not the only team after him. Uh, Virginia Tech was very hard after him as well. And the whole assumption was that Thompson needed to get away from from the people that he was around over there. And, you know, that that's the deal with a lot of recruits. Some names you'll never hear about because they do that. They get away from their hometowns. They get away from uh, situations that might cause trouble down the road. And I think what's really concerning with the Thompson news is that he didn't. He, he seems not have followed the good advice, and he seems to have just been getting back into it with the same behavior that got him in trouble in the first place. 
and I really don't know how much. I mean, I, I suspect that Pruitt and them knew a lot about it. I don't know if they knew he had a restraining order. I I, I didn't know that personally, but um, you know, with the Thompson news, it's going to be interesting to see how Pruitt deals with it because this is the first time that there's been a player with a a crime like this almost. Because think about it, what who else has he dealt with in a in an off field manner? Like we had that uh, what what was the guy who got arrested in the off season for running away from a cop? Uh, Kenneth George. Kenneth George. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that's you know, running away from a cop. Okay, probably stupid, but not really <laughs> something that's going to get you the yeah. ire of a lot of people. And I mean, this is something. If what is alleged, if he did what's alleged, you know, you really got to look at this and you got to say, you know, is this guy who we want on this team? Because we knew when we took him that he has some issues he need to work through and it doesn't look like he's doing too well working through those issues so i, I really think this will be pruitt's first uh example really of what do you do with somebody who gets accused with something like this yeah and you know uh, it, it's such an interesting situation uh you look at this roster and uh you've got warren burrell who who's generated quite a bit of hype um, and and was said to be pushing Alante Taylor for a starting spot there. So uh, you look at this roster, and, and I think Tennessee will be okay. But if you, you talk about losing Bryce potentially for a few weeks, potentially totally, uh, that, that's a big loss. I mean, three interceptions last year as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, just an emerging playmaker. Just something different about him. You know, he took his lumps early on that West Virginia game. Everybody did. Uh, but you saw a guy come along uh, throughout the year and really start to make some plays for this defense. So, um, and, and, you know, I think it's important to note, too, um, the second he said or was accused of saying shoot up the school, this became a university problem and, and, right. and not really. I mean, it's Jeremy Pruitt's problem, too, but. It, it's potentially out of his hands, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, it might be a university decision. So, don't want to get into much more other than that. Uh, that that's kind of what we know right now. Uh, we'll wait for for more details to emerge. But um, you know, it, it's not it, it's not looking great at, at this point. So uh, we'll have to see. Wait and see what happens there. And you know, we're gonna see we're gonna see what this uh, solution looks like. Um, on, on Saturday afternoon in the opener, mm-hmm. and we'll dive into a little bit of that when we return. All right, All right we are back. Uh, we're going to dive into a little bit of what we want to see against Georgia State. Um, you know, going forward, we're going to have a little bit more of a preview, but let's be honest, this is Georgia State. Uh, this is a team that Tennessee should roll over and uh and have their way with so uh we're going to talk a little bit about this roster what we want to see uh we've talked about this secondary it's going to be interesting to see uh, alante taylor um take on that number one you know undisputed role uh warren burrell we're expecting to get that start on the outside there and then a guy like sean schamberger uh probably going to get the start at the slot in that star role um you know with the the injury uh, to Baylon Buchanan in, in the secondary with the narrowing of, of the spine issue. Um, I, it, it's it's frustrating because I thought secondary was going to be one of the strengths of this team, uh, and now it's kind of become a little bit of a question mark. Uh, 
Yeah, we were having a little bit of a chat about this earlier. When we mentioned, you know, one guy goes down, Bryce Thompson. He might be out for a long time. He might be out for a short time. We don't know. And it doesn't look all that deep right now. And even with the Schamberger news, it was kind of like, well, at least he, or with the Buchanan news, it was like, well, he's a backup. When you look at this roster, if a true freshman Warren Burrell is your best option, you know, that probably indicates you still need a lot of help in that secondary. Thankfully, I don't think Georgia State's going to test that all that much. Uh, Their QB is Dan Ellington, who we have a great preview series up. Uh, Austin Burledge, Power T-Tape, he did a really good breakdown of their offense. Right. And uh, you can tell... You know, it, it's Georgia State. They're not exactly totally elite players. Uh, and their QB is a bit of more of a runner. He he threw for under 60% completion last year, only 12 touchdowns, five interceptions. So he's not, not going to get used all that much uh, through the air. It's really his legs that are going to test you. So in a way, Tennessee might avoid that part of it because last year we saw when their secondary got tested, they really had no answer. Um I don't think that's going to happen against Georgia State. I think Georgia State's really going to try and use Ellington's legs to beat them. Um, So I really think that it's the front seven, which I'm going to be on the lookout for in that game, because I really want to see how these newcomers uh, just take to the game. I want to see, you know, is Aubrey Solomon, is he going to live up to the hype? Who else is going to be with him? Is, you know, Henry 2020 and... Quavar's Crouch, are they going to make an impact in this game? And uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how that defense responds to a mobile quarterback. Who, who is, I mean, he's still talented. He plays for Georgia State, but he's talented. Yeah, and I think a, a, a part of that we need to talk about is Daniel Batuli being out. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt today, uh, recording this on Wednesday night, ruled him out uh, for the Georgia State matchup. Um, not surprising, you know, he, he came out last week and said that Batua had his knee cleaned up. Um, but a guy like Henry Toa Toa, uh, that's a guy that, that is expected to start. But, you know, you're losing your senior leader beside you. So you're going to have quite the uh, responsibility falling onto your shoulders. You know, I think you'll see Will Ignat there in the middle. But like you're saying, a mobile quarterback there um, in the middle of the defense, you're going to see a lot of spying going on there. Uh, a lot of responsibility between those two. And and you know what? Maybe we'll even see the ghost of J.J. Peterson appear on the football field on Saturday. The unicorn, actually. <laughs> not the ghost. The ghost of a unicorn. Right. Right. Yeah. Peterson is, has just been frustrating to this point because, you know, it was the first big get, really the first big get for Pruitt. First mm-hmm. big win totally. over over Alabama. Uh, a guy that's a, a supposed great athlete. He shows up, you know, getting the grades right. Like a defensive end. <laughs> yeah, he shows up and he's out of shape, and you know, it becomes October and he's still out of shape, and you know, he pretty much wasted the the entire redshirt year, which is fine. Uh, but you, you really want to see him take a step forward in year two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with Tennessee's front seven, with how they recruited, you kind of got to get going. I mean, Peterson, yeah, he's only a sophomore. But, look, they just got a guy, you know, 2020, who he's literally the West Coast Brett Peterson, except he showed up on time in shape. So if you're not improving, there's a very real chance that you get passed over by guys 
uh, who who may be recruiting over you. I mean that that's a very real concern, especially when you have Pruitt at the helm. Uh, one thing I also want to look for, just last thing on the defense, uh, how the safeties play because they're probably not going to get tested over the top all that much. But I'm really interested in seeing how Trayvon Flowers comes back. Uh, he, I mean, he was one of the more impressive freshmen when he was healthy. Unfortunately, he broke his collarbone or, or something with his collarbone or shoulder, and he missed a lot of the season. He came back, and he clearly just wasn't the same. And I'm really wondering how he comes back and how they maybe try to use them closer to the line of scrimmage, maybe try to force some pressure on the QB um, if they trust their corners enough. So I'm interested in seeing how the back end of that secondary plays. Yeah, and, and again, that, that plays into the Bryce Thompson deal. You know, I was excited going into this year. Pruitt and Ansley are going to have so much trust in their cornerbacks. Well, suddenly you don't have Bryce Thompson. So how much are they going to trust Warren uh, out, out there on the other side of Elante? Uh, that's that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, we'll shift over to the offense now. Um, obviously, you've got Jared Garantano. We, we've talked at length about him, what we expect from him, how he needs to take that leap forward, how it's all tied into how the offensive line performs. Uh, I'm I'm going to be pretty interested to see this running back rotation. Um, Ty Chandler, I, I don't know if he's a guy that, that's, that's going to take 20 carries. Um, probably not. But I, I think the intrigue for me comes in the form of Tim Jordan versus Eric Gray. Eric Gray has gotten a ton of hype in this camp. Uh, people are, are losing their mind about him. Uh, you know, you read some of these scrimmage reports, and you know it, they've dropped some big comps out here, like like Alvin Kamara. Uh, that's that's a big name. Uh, so I'm interested to see how they use him how much they use him, and kind of where Tim Jordan slots in uh, in this trio of running backs. Mm-hmm. And against Georgia State, you can probably afford to, to get a little more creative, you know, because or you might want to hold some stuff back, but you, you kind of trust your players a bit more against somebody like Georgia State because your offensive line is going to be better. You already know you have more talent there. Uh, I, I really i am kind of with you in that I'm wondering how they attack Georgia State. I almost think that Cheney's just going to go back to his bread and butter. I think he's going to try to wear him down. He's going to try to get his offense uh, used to what his main strategy is, and that's just pounding the ball, uh, just really grinding away with that talented staple of running backs until the defense gives out. Uh, but honestly, you know, if the line's struggling, I still feel pretty good about Tennessee's chances because there's a huge talent mismatch at wide receiver and tight end. So really, if you get into some trouble, you can probably just throw it over the top and hope Callaway runs and gets it. Uh, you know, with that offense, though, with that running back rotation, I think you're also going to see maybe a bit more in the receiving game. I think Chandler and Gray do a really good job of that, catching the ball out of the backfield. And I think that's where that's probably why they're going to get the majority of carries. I just don't think that Tim Jordan and, I guess, Jeremy Banks on special nights uh, – I don't think they bring that asset to the offense in the same way that Gray and Chandler do. Yeah, and that's something that, that drove me nuts with Tyson Helton. You know, you saw the success with, with Ty Chandler last year. Uh, you think about that that play against Georgia. Uh, that's just something he didn't do. He didn't get near the run out of the backfield in the passing game uh, that I thought he should have. It would have made things easier on Jerry Garantano, a struggling quarterback, on a struggling offensive line. So, uh, hopefully Chandler and Gray, like you're saying, uh, get them out in space. 
where both of those guys can be special. And you know, you mentioned the offensive line. If they struggle here, I'm I'm really concerned. You know, I, I don't want to go through another UTEP game. I don't want to go through another Charlotte game. You know, you can go back to what UMass and Ohio a couple right, years ago. Right. Uh, they need to come out here and they need to whip Georgia State up and down the field. Um, mm-hmm. That would make me feel a whole lot better uh, because if they come out here and struggle against Georgia State, how are they supposed to compete in the SEC? Uh, you know, it, that would kind of set me up for an expectation like we saw last year. And, and poor Jared Garantano, you know, <laughs> I, I, I feel for him. Uh, I, I just want him to have a solid offensive line. I think he's got the makings of one, but they need to go out here and show it on Saturday. I would like to note that Charlotte did have a really good defense by the end of last year, so maybe maybe that one's not necessarily Tennessee's fault, but uh, the UTEP game and others. Yeah, I agree. The, this offensive line, you know, we're, we're probably going to see some struggles early on just because, you know, it, it's about cohesion. It's about gelling together in a game, so I wouldn't be surprised if this game's pretty close at half, to be honest with you, but uh, I, I really want to see that second half surge. I want to see them get comfortable I want to see them get confident, and even if they don't put together a full four quarters of dominant play, I want to see some of it. I want to see it come together, and I'm like you. I want to see a multi-score win. I want to relax when the fourth quarter rolls around and just look at uh, some of the backups getting in and, and seeing how they do. And I'm wondering, I'm really wondering about who trots out there for the first team offensive line, because we've got Wanya Morris left tackle, probably Trey Smith left guard. Brandon Kennedy, center, right guard, Ryan Johnson? Maybe Calvert. Calvert as well, yep, yep. And then right tackle, either Darnell Wright or Marcus Tatum. Yeah, and and uh, you've got some options there for once. First time in, what, two, three years. Mm Mm-hmm. You can yeah. go nine or ten deep, which they've talked about. I mean, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want to go nine or ten deep, but the fact that you can is a positive development from where they've been. Right. I'm not sure how serious he was with that. I'm sure he's really looking at himself having nine to ten options. I just don't think you're actually going to see ten players regularly in the game. That's just not how an offensive line works. So that may be a bit of a of, of lip service to the staff recruiting abilities and talent development, I, I think. Yeah, I, I'd agree. And it, but I, I will say, it wouldn't surprise me to see that on Saturday. Um, but I, I'd say it's going to be narrowed to maybe six or seven against BYU uh, mm-hmm. going forward. So I, I think today or Saturday will be a little bit of a test run. Um, you know, and, and yeah, we didn't even talk about this. It's an opportunity to see JT Shroud and, and Brian Maurer compete. Uh, you know, Pruitt came out and said they're, they're pretty much even. They haven't separated. I don't know if he's telling the truth there. Um, we'll, we'll see. I thought Maurer was pretty impressive in the orange and white game. Um, outside of the two interceptions that he threw, he had a really nice two-minute drill uh, where he got down to the five, couldn't quite punch it in. But um, those are two guys we don't really know about. Uh, you know, These are the questions that, that we're going to start getting some answers to. So um, hopefully, hopefully it's an easy win, and, and hopefully Tennessee can try out some of these things and, and figure out who their backup quarterback is going to be. Uh, and get Shrout and Maurer some run. So, uh, Clint, before I let you go, uh, i got to put you on the spot. All right. Who's going to win, and what's the score? I think Tennessee wins, and I think it's, give me Tennessee 38, Georgia State 
14. I'll give them a couple of early early first half scores before uh, Tennessee clamps down. Okay, I'm going to go 45-14 uh, Tennessee. I think the line's still at 26. I'm not sure if it's moved mm-hmm. yet. But, uh, yeah, yeah, just, just want to see Tennessee do the little things right. Want to see them run the football. Uh, have a clean game, get out of here with no more injuries. That, that'd be that'd be pretty sweet. So uh, we'll hop back on uh, after the game at some point over the weekend and, and get a, a recap podcast out to you guys. In the meantime, keep it glued to RockyTopTalk.com. We're going to have our predictions piece up. We're going to have our season prop bets piece up. That's going to be really cool. We're just reading through the, some of those. Uh, how many yards will Jared Garantano pass for? How many yards will Todd Chandler rush for? Stuff like that. Uh, so look for that on the site uh, in the next couple of days. Again, if you haven't signed up, go ahead and sign up over there. Uh, all kinds of content coming at you. We've got our own top 25 poll that we're going to be rolling out next week that you can vote in uh, and, and help us do some really cool stuff. So uh, for Clint, this is Terry saying thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time.